Good evening, everyone. How are you doing today? Welcome to Women's Circle. I want to welcome you and all on a good Saturday of information. I want to say ni hao, hola, como esta, muy bien, all my other language people out there. So I want to give you a blessing. So today's on Women's Circle, the door of many colors. We are going to have a expat by Senora uh, Welsh. So hold on for one second. I'm going to play a commercial and go right back. As always, we are going to make everything work. Isn't that beautiful if we can do that? So hold on for one second. I'm going to do the commercial. And here we go. Okay, hold on, you guys. Gotta do one more commercial. I know it's like I'm not there yet. <laughs> so I know we're trying to get through. I don't know what happened. Sometimes my my uh, co-host was telling me last time he was having a hard time getting in uh, the group and he's not getting the text. So maybe, you know, Google's doing it again. Uh, so I'm going to do it again and just we're going to keep trying. This is just nothing but, uh, I can't say it's Metro Gray. Um, so we're going to see what goes on while I'm doing that. So like in the meantime, I am going to just keep doing it until I get it right. You know, there's nothing like to do it, but to do it. You know what I mean? So you make everything work. Oh, there she is. There she is. Hola. Hola, como estas? Muy bien. Y tú, y tú. <laughs> so uh, you are so welcome. Let me fix this. I wanted this. Let's see what happens. Okay. So, wow. This is good. This is good. So I'm sorry that you were having trouble getting on. I'm just like, ah, oh, really? <laughs> I do apologize. I'm not the most tech savvy person. And I don't know. It sent me to somewhere else, but I'm here. I figured it out. <laughs> it's okay. I sent it again. So I was like, okay, we just pay commercials for, uh, you know, that bit of time. And it's, it's no problem. You make it work is like fake it until you make it, you know? So it's good. So I'm all good. So ah, I will just everybody take a deep breath with me and just breathe. We're here. 
That's that. Because I'm, I'm hot up in here. <laughs> you know, listen, Orizaba's weather is weird. It's, it's very warm today. Okay. Very warm today. Normally it's very cold, but today was a warm day. So, okay. And that, and that with menopause, it's hot. <laughs> oh, you're in menopause? I've been premenopause a while, a while. So, a little bit too much about me, but yeah, I've been no, there. No, 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 no. But, that, you know, that's what it's about getting to know you. So, you know, we talk about that. So, um, for you guys out there, this is. Senora Welsh Rakia, Rakia, right? Am I saying it right? Rakia? Yes, Rakia. Rakia, okay. Welsh, and she's an expat that has a business called Welsh English Center, where you also help people that relocate learn the dialect from the area they are living or want to live in and work with them hands-on, that they have a hands-on mentor. And this also helps the community as well because they are getting to know the community and they are immersed in the community. Am I doing good so far? <laughs> yes, you're doing it justice. That's exactly what we do. Uh, we are a career center here located in Orizaba, Veracruz. Uh, but I've been in Mexico a total of 13 years in January to be 14. And I've lived everywhere from Tijuana to Yucatan. So the idea is to help other expats um, get acclimated, obviously through language, through culture, um, just having somebody hold their hand. We teach English, Spanish, French, and German here in the Career Center. So we're very hands-on with our community as well as those who are long distance. Okay, I'm, I'm typing this down because I have to type three different languages. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be in, uh, just for you guys out there, it's also in Chinese. So that is what the, you were seeing at the bottom and it went away somehow. Okay, there we go. It went away somehow. <laughs> okay. ah, so, yes, I see it. Because we have Spanish and we have uh, Chinese. Simplified okay. Chinese at that because that's the la another language that I want to learn and perfect as well. Uh, so that's what I am doing now. So I want people to know how we can do this. That's right. So language and culture, it's very important. Yes, it is. It is. Yes. Discussion. Um, what else? Uh oh, it's turning my language thing off. Whatever. <laughs> so um, you get acclimated. So you said you get, you've been in um, you've been in Mexico for thirteen years. So first of all, tell us why did you choose Mexico uh, 13 years ago? What was it about? Ooh. Okay. I'm going to be completely honest. When I chose Mexico, it was all about love, love, love. I fell in love with my now husband. We were living in Oregon. And the Dole Company in Oregon did this massive deportation thing that I really didn't understand. And I had literally just finished... Excuse me. They did this massive uh, deportation thing that I really didn't understand because I was young, just out of college, living my best life, not really paying attention. 
to immigration policies. I, you know, the typical young college student, American, not really focused on anything other than what I was doing. But I did notice that children were just left outside with no parents and wives and husbands were crying where their their spouse is at. And I was, you know, I talked to my, at that time he was my boyfriend. I was like, what is going on? And, you know, he was explaining to me the immigration process. And I was like, huh, now here's the, here's the quick question. Do you have favors? And he looked at me and was like, no. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> because at that time we have been together a good year, year and a half. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Like you right. literally could be just swept away. And, you know, so we went to the lawyer and the lawyer was like, oh, the best thing to do is to go to Mexico. And here I am young. I was like, all right, bet. Let's go to Mexico. Not even researching. You know, I see a lot of expats now researching things. Ooh, I went to work and I was like, here's my notice. I quit. And I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I literally went into the Oregon State Hospital and I was like, you know what? Um, the way my life is set up, I just can't do this anymore. I'm going to Mexico. And I was like, Mexico? And I was like, oh. And I was speaking like it was around the corner. And, you know, that's what we did. We hopped in the car with a TV and a suitcase and we drove to Mexico, Tijuana. And we got to Tijuana. And now I had been to Mexico because I went to ASU. So I had been in like San Carlos and I knew margaritas and woo spring break Mexico. But I had no idea Mexico, Mexico. And I didn't, I, I never researched this expat thing where everybody's researching in six months, seven months, eight months trying to figure out. I don't understand because I did it overnight. Literally, when we discussed with the lawyer that we needed papers and he was like, you got to go. It didn't take us 48 hours and we were in the car. So um, we got to Tijuana and I knew that I could work because, you know, I'm a registered nurse. So I knew that I could work in California. And I was like, well, I mean, travel nurse is my thing. Let me just, you know, cross the border and I'll come into San Diego every day. Oh, girl, that didn't last me a month because I was like, who is doing this two, three hour border crossing every day? This this is not the life. Hello. Hello. I don't want to wake up at four o'clock in the morning. And I, you know what? And I did not want to continue to compare the United States to Mexico. I was like, I'm not even enjoying Mexico. I'm not enjoying the States because I'm leaving early and I'm coming back late and I'm still being harassed by border patrol. Like, what is this black woman doing? I was like, yeah, I don't want to do with this anymore. And so I talked to my husband and he was like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to travel. So that's what we did. Like we literally legit traveled Mexico from the top to the bottom to figure out what we liked. And, you know, he's from Veracruz. So we had to come here and we established ourselves here and we decided to open a business. Did it work out the first go round? And we went to Nogales, Nogales, Sonora. I started working again. Uh, actually, I was in the grocery store and a woman asked me to teach. And I was like, teach what? I don't even like children. What do you mean teach? And I was like, no, I don't like it. You know, I'm a psych nurse. And so she told me, she was like, listen, if you like psychology, you will love teaching. And I was like, mm, I don't know about that. And she, and she took me under her wing and she helped me get into the University of Hermesilio. And we took some courses and classes together. I got certified as a teacher. And let me tell you, it was the best decision of my life, of my 
life. She really helped me to understand how I can bring psychology into my classroom, how I can really help my students. And I must have worked on the border a good three years. Senora is on the border of Arizona. Yep. And then I was just like, I don't want to do the border life. I want to discover Mexico. So then we came back south. And I really enjoy it. I, I was tired of fussing about the milk. I was tired of fussing about the water. I was just tired of fussing about it. And I was like, well, you know, you're either going to get in it all the way or you're going to get out. And I chose to get in it. Get in it. Wow. So. Okay. So that that that's good, though. You know, like you said on a month. I, I was doing it for... <laughs> For years, yeah. 48 2000, hours, 2019, and it's a five hour, yeah, getting up early in the morning and then staying and then coming back at nine o'clock, uh, crossing that border, going in Tijuana, going, you know, if you got to go to Rosarita and that traffic, and then it gets real dark because some of our roads in Tijuana mm -hmm. do not always have like the paved roads, there's potholes, oh, I can go on. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want to listen. I'll, my husband and I were just talking about this. I moved to Mexico with zero Spanish. I'm not even talking about hola. I was just like, I was young. I I didn't know how to defend myself at all in the language. And my husband, I was I'm very independent. And my husband was like, you know what? Stay in the house. I'm gonna go to work. When I come back, I'm gonna take you to Walmart. That was I wasn't about that life. I was like, nope. I'm going to Walmart while you at work. <laughs> I got stuff to do. I'm not gonna sit in here and just be inactive. It was like that's not life. It was like it's Tijuana. I mean, it's like little, it's like little California. How you know what's the big difference here? You know? Yeah. Well, girl, I must have drove down the wrong road. And I when I was in Tijuana, it was just at that crossroad where it was just violent. And I had no idea. No idea. And I mean, people were hanging from the street lights like pinatas. And when I got back home, because I never made it to Walmart, I got back home and I told my husband what I had done. Ooh, he must have took my keys until maybe I want to say four years ago. Because he was like, nope, because you just, just, you just do too much. You do too much. How am I going to ever prove to your, your grandma that you got lost in Mexico because you're being independent? So, yeah, was, uh, an experience for me wholeheartedly because it was definitely not white sand beaches and margaritas at all <laughs> at all and so but Tijuana is definitely not for me Tijuana is not Mexico it's not the Mexican experience because it's a border town so right Tijuana was 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 an experience in a whole for me oh I get you trust me I like I said I live there and I live you know going through Tijuana where the beaches are so I'm on the edge where my house was on the beach and mm. where you would think, well, the beach looks beautiful, but then my neighbor downstairs, they were digging and making another house downstairs under me. And he oh, decided, yeah, guess what? Know. He wanted to have a farm. <laughs> he wanted to have a farm, girl. I was like, wait a minute. Only in Mexico do you decide you're going to buy a pig, have chickens, have rabbits all down here. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm yeah. smelling stuff. I was like, wait a minute. No, no, no. This is this is but my house was beautiful i was i could walk down the little uh stairs and i was on the beach right there on the beach where other people in order for them to get on the beach they had to go to the public uh stairs mm -hmm. downstairs i didn't have to what well, was only like uh what is it, eight houses up yeah, okay 
So, you know, that Main Street and what they call Carmen de Playa's area of uh, Tijuana, no big deal. I love I love when I live there because I could get my fresh uh, produce on Monday where they have the van and then on Wednesday and then when the Christmas come and Thanksgiving, they're always out there all the time. They have jackfruit, all the stuff I was, they were just now getting into jackfruit. I was like, it took you long enough. I've been waiting for this. I've been yeah. this in Thailand. So for me, it was beautiful. And I spoke enough Spanish to get by or my ears, like I can understand it, but I read much better than I sometimes speak it. And that's beautiful um, being there. So I was grateful for that. So um, tell me, how did you decide about Welsh English Center? What was the turning point that this is what I want to do and offer this service? Well, um, my objective is equal opportunity and education. And once you get into the system here, you realize that Mexico is the haves and the have nots. There is no middle class. Um, so I was working at a school that literally costs like four or 5,000 pesos a month, depending on the dollar. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine my clientele because not everybody has that type of finances to pay monthly tuition plus uh, taekwondo and you know dance and all sort of stuff right and then when i would come out of the school i would be chased down by children who want to touch my hair want to know where i was from and i was like well where do these kids go to school what are they doing i mean why are they out all day all night what, what is their life like you know so my husband sat down with me and he was like listen the have and the have nots. There is like no equal opportunity education here. You you can go to school, yes, you can, but you need uh, an extended hand. You need to know people to move up. And I always tell people all the time, I'm very fortunate because my husband is a part of the halves. So the experience here for me is different because I see some some families who who. Um, suffer with immigration that, you know, they just aren't as lucky as we are. And so, you know, dealing with my husband's situation, it wasn't like he couldn't come back to Mexico because he didn't have anything. On contrary, I'm talking about my husband studied law. So he has three different degrees. It's, my husband was literally in the States because, you know, he thought it would be fun to cross. And that's how he crossed. So. <laughs> and a little bit different, a little bit different, right? Right. So, you know, when when we came back <laughs> and he was explaining to me things, I was just like, really? And so I, my husband didn't have a problem finding a job. He didn't have a problem, you know, putting his, his credentials to work. So <laughs> me, on the other hand, I had a really hard time adjusting to classism because for me, it was just like injustice. I was like, wait a minute. Even though schools are supposed to be free, they have to pay a certain amount of money. The school doesn't have a roof. It doesn't have a floor. It doesn't have books. I mean, it just was so like Alabama to me. So I was like, I just, this is just not right. It's not right. What is going on? And um, so I just told my husband, I said, what can we do? And he was like, well, you can go home and cook and I'm going to go to work. And I was like, nah, I'm not about that life. <laughs> I was 
like, I got to figure out how to get involved and help. And he was like, well, let me tell you another thing about Mexico. If you make too much of a stink, you, you know, you might bring on some eyes that you don't want. And I was like, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It is what it is, right? So I started teaching English to the have-nots for 13 pesos an hour. Like literally, and sometimes it would be like three pesos. And when we moved to Mexico, the peso was 12 or 13 pesos. So you can imagine what the economy was like is 12 or 13 pesos. So I started teaching on a park bench to anybody who was willing to listen. And then I just started to gather more, more people because once the community realized that the have-nots were speaking a language that the haves were struggling with, then the haves came over to help me to build my business bigger and more established. And I always tell people all the time, listen, if you want to be successful in Mexico, it is it's impertinent it, that you get involved in the community, that you make as many friends with the community. Because those are the ones who are going to fight for you. Those are the ones that are going to help you to understand the law. These are the ones that are going to help you to tell you what laws are mandatory and what ones you could just skip right over. I mean, they really do have your back. So right. um, what I did was literally I went from the park bench to teaching in my living room. Then next thing you know, I didn't have a bedroom because I had to break down my house into classrooms. And I'm all about uh, quality, not quantity. I only teach four people at a time. It's always been my rule because I feel like there's no need for me to pack the classroom and half of the people are not getting it. Right. So, and then I started taking more courses and then I joined Anglo, which is a English community that helps you with certification processes with Cambridge. And so then I just started to grow. And now we have been in business um, 11 years. 11 wow. years we've been in business. And we literally, you know, give everybody an opportunity. If, if we have scholarships or Becca's to help those who cannot cover the full tuition, um, we have payment plans. We really try to make education accessible for everybody. I'm in a in the northern part of my pueblo, so I'm closer to an indigenous population. And I love teaching them how to make their coffee farms more successful and to get them to do international business. Uh, we're sending students to Europe to study. I mean, it's just a lot. It's a lot. And it, it's so fulfilling to watch students reach their goals, reach reach their goals. And just because they were educated enough to do so, not just with simple math and science, but you know, they, they were given a key to open doors. So I absolutely, um, I absolutely love what I do. I can go on and on, but I just, I love, I love education. I love, I love helping people to realize their worth because I think that's a major thing here in Mexico. Sometimes people feel as if things are just unaccessible to them. Mm -hmm. And um, helping them realize that, you know, the key of, of, edu uh, of, the key of language helps you. You know, you can, you can do whatever, whatever. We have students who, here in Mexico, they don't have, um, um, what's the word I want to use? Aerospace program. Mm -hmm. And so with one of my students, we, we found one 
and mm-hmm. it was it's in Russia, and we sent him to Russia. So, wow. I mean, and we have one who's going for international business in Manchester in January. I mean, that's the things that I, I love to see accomplishing. You know, these ideas and people say, oh, I, I can't reach that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. If you dream it, you can do it. You can achieve it. Right. So my question is about the relocation for the expats that you teach, because you explain how that program works. So people sure can get can. a better understanding of that as well. Yes. So we all know that Spanish is um, the third most complicated language that they have listed. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's number three. No, you don't? Okay. So first is Mandarin. And then, um, because Mandarin has so many dialects, or Chinese Mm -hmm. Mandarin has so many dialects, right? Right. And then we always have this battle between Spanish and the Scandinavian languages, like Russian. Okay. That um, battle between second and third. Spanish is the most, the the easiest way to learn Spanish, I think, is immersion with natives from the area you would like to live in. Why? Because Spanish has words that have two or three meanings. Right. Yes. We have muchísimos palabras con muchísimos sentidos. So you have to get with somebody who knows where you want to live and can teach you how the lingo is in the area because <clears throat> culture with Spanish helps you understand. If you like to cook, but you don't know how to ask for certain ingredients, you can easily ask for basil, but basil in Spanish has three different words. Right. So it's very important that you can go to the store and use one of those words. And people think that with the Google Translator, oh, I'll be fine. No, because now that's Spanish from Spain. And that's not going to really help you here. So the idea with the relocation program, it's fairly new because literally I was working with the locals. But as I was pulled into the expat community because I tell you, when I moved here, it was no internet thing. It was no groups. It was none of that, for me at least. Um, I was pulled into the expat world, I want to say about five years ago by a young lady named Roxana Bangura. And um, I helped Roxana come to Veracruz and, you know, she opened my eyes to all this expat life. And I was like, oh, my God, I really don't want to be bothered because they ask the most ridiculous questions. So why you just can't jump on it? I mean, I, that's I mean, I'm honest. I feel like why, why you just can't why you just can't figure it out when you get here? Why you got to worry so much about toilet tissue all the way over there? Just, you know, figure it out. So uh, she helped me. She's like, you know, things are different now. And I was like, all right, whatever. So. I started talking to the expats a little more and I was like, yo, they, they do have some legit questions that I could help them with. Like as far as what internet companies to roll with, um, where to live, how do you judge a neighborhood? Because you know, here you can get a really nice house and your neighbor have a shack. So you just, you know, how to, how to figure out where to live, what are your expectations? But most importantly, I think that as expats, you must have some kind of command of the language so that you don't get taken advantage of. Because in, I don't care in whatever country you're in, if you don't speak the language of the land, it is so easy for people to pinpoint you out and, you know, just take advantage of you. Right. So 
uh, what we do is we, we offer six months of Spanish and three months of that Spanish course, you have relocation, meaning that myself or one of my teachers will go out and literally help you find housing. Um, we will help with housing. We will help with uh, communi uh, communication, paperwork, transportation. I've picked up a many of people from the airport. You know, all the things that help you feel comfortable when you touch down in Mexico, if you're in my area. I have yet to work with relocation on the Pacific Coast because it, it's literally a two-day drive. But from Yucatan to uh, Puebla, Veracruz, uh, da, 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 Quintana Roo, Mexico City. I have done a lot of relocation in these areas. So, and that's that's another thing. I help with people understand that Tulum, Playa de Carmen, it's nice, but it's little America. So if that's what you're looking for, we help you there. But if you're not looking for that, we also help you with the central part of Mexico. And that makes sense. Okay. <clears throat> and that's, that's what I like, because that's how I found you about the group there was someone talking about relocation and my it was my misunderstanding i was like oh she's offering employment this is what i'm thinking <laughs> well i do i do hire native english speakers but they um due to the visa process it's six months um contracts and uh, we do a six month contract for native speakers but at this time we are full thank god and uh, we, we are full. But yeah, we do offer employment as well. Okay, see, that's good to know. So for you people out there, I'm going to put her information as I said, I'm going back and forth. So that that basically does help uh, for them to be able to get an understanding, especially the dialect in the area, because I was telling them there. well, I was saying they were speaking jungle, jungle Spanish, which you learn in school. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's how I felt. And then it's Castilian Spanish. So they're not even learning, understanding the Castilian Spanish versus the regular Spanish. And I was saying, see, there's two, like when you say vosotros and nosotros. And they were like, huh? I was like, there's a difference. So I said two and two. They're like, huh? I was like, okay, forget it. Yo. So <laughs> for you know, the issue is, and I, I'm sorry to cut you off here. Um, whew, this is going to touch a little nerve. And it's somebody. I think that when people come to Mexico with Spanish that they've learned in the States, they don't realize that Tex-Mex or Puerto Rican, Dominican Spanish or Spanish from Spain is not going to work in Mexico. The culture is completely different. Correct. For example, if I hear another American say comprende, I am going to lose my mind. Because it is so rude. And it's just, you know, you're not in New York. You're not in New Jersey. And no, no, I, we don't use comprende. And you can't expect for the Mexican population to understand that you don't know what is the difference between good vocabulary and bad vocabulary here. Because you're in their territory. And it's kind of like, you know, I say the same exact thing to my students in the English classes. Listen, when you travel to the United States, Canada, you need to make sure that you understand what vocabulary is acceptable and what is not. Culture is everything. You cannot use the same spoon in all the pots. You have got to change it up. And that makes that makes that makes really good sense. So um, the correction you said, because I, I 
See, I'm I'm guilty of that because when I'm typing, I use comprendo. See, si comprendo. Oh. So oh. I guess you know. So what is or necessary? Uh, what is a necessity? Que es appropriate or bueno, nosotros usamos entendemos o entiende. Si entiende o no le entiendes. Okay. You understand. You understand? Because right. comprende is like you're you're asking them, are they little are they retarded? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. it's it's very harsh. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, so yeah, it does make for even like I said. So I'm, 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 I've been guilty, and I'm using text, and I'm going back and forth. Um, so that's that makes sense because and it you, is. Go ahead. Sorry, you will find. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people here don't have the. They're not really rude enough to tell you that it's that it's incorrect, but then they will go behind your back and they'll talk about it to somebody, you know, like, no, he's key. This is no habla bien, entonces, pues ya, no son, no tiene la educación que debe. It was, that's not, you don't want, you don't want to be, excuse me, labeled as uneducated or the right. simple American. You don't want that title. You want to, you want to show that you are educated, that you understand the culture so that you can get in where you fit in. And it's vice versa. I, I, I do the exact same thing in all the languages with my German class as well. I make sure that they are they are culture appropriate with French as well, with English as well. I'm very big on respect. Right. That makes sense. Thank you so much for that. So because that is what people are going to this that in itself is going to be a hope for a lot of people, you know, understanding the proper dialect and each region, because in the Yucatan, they also have Mayan words, but Yucatan, that is not, when you look it up on, like you said, Google, it's not there. And you're like, wait a minute, what is that? And they'll say, that's a Yucatan word, or that's a Mayan word. And you're like, wait a minute. So I really got to go and really figure this out, or I ask someone. Say, I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of male friends, and me and up. And there, and I asked him, look, I need you to help. I'll help you with your English if you help me with my Spanish. So um, I think I haven't said that to him. Uh, and I guess he didn't correct me. So I just don't know. But I have been guilty of saying that word. But other stuff, they will make sure like that is not appropriate. He'll make me say it again and again. And then Miguel, you know, wh whoever it is, my friend, they'll make me keep saying it over. And I have a friend that is a teacher. Oh gosh, how I wind up with a teacher that, you know, he's Spanish, he's a Spanish teacher there. Mm. And so it's like, uh, it's like going out with a professor because <laughs> everything you do is like, okay. And he was like, uh, no. Mm. So, yeah, like, because he respects his craft. You know, uh, it's a passion that I have. I'm, I'm guilty of it too. Listen, my husband gets on me all the time because I am like autocorrector in English and in Spanish. And he's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, well, you understood. I'm like, no, but you know, we don't want to use monkey talk. We want to speak correctly so that <laughs> we want to speak correctly here so that, you know, there's no, there's no breakdown in communication because obviously we can definitely speak slang and, and slang is cool. You know, listen, Spanish has a lot of slang, a lot of slang, but 
because of the the classism you got to be careful what slang is acceptable with whom because if you use slang that is real gutter you that's going to go yeah, exactly that's exactly where they're going to they're going to put you and they're like oh this is the type of people that you hang out with this is the type of people that you learn spanish with you know and then what's the purpose of having this good old american card if you can't even use it correctly because they've already labeled you as to be you know uneducated so right i i, I say like i said i really appreciate that uh there's another sister shalom says shalom so uh because i'll be coming back shortly and um, I mean, you had talked about some of the things like what I'm looking for in my place of residence is not what the average expat that comes there and looks for. I'm looking for more land. So I like growing stuff. I like, but I also like cooking. So for mm -hmm. me, I need to be in that area. So that's why I was looking at Veracruz when you were telling me that's a big agricultural or... Um, Oaxaca, 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 Oaxaca. So that was the thing because I know for me, I love mole. Mm. Um, I'm a big fan of mole, and not everybody's mole is the same, and it all depends on the different regions. Because I know, like, when they make mole in Tijuana, I wasn't like, nah, that that's not my. Ugh. Mm. I'm I'm just sorry. I'm very picky. <laughs> no, I understand. But there's Oaxaca and mole, and then you have pueblana. You have uh, mole pueblana or pueblano. Right. So I mean, you you have the right. You have the. Everybody has their own paladar, right? So right. I yeah. I I don't like green mole. I prefer chocolate mole. So Me I too. prefer. <laughs> I, I prefer my mole sweet and a yeah. little bit spicy, but I like platano macho. Um, well, I just, you know, it's just different. <laughs> but this is the thing of understanding food and culture. Because yes. if, if you just, this this is the new thing. Uh, here I go touching another nerve. We got all these vegans coming here looking for this vegan lifestyle in a country that makes the economy off of pork. And you are asking people here <laughs> to prepare you. <laughs> to prepare you food <laughs> right that is outside of their norm right uh and then you're not being nice about it you're not being nice about it. I, I mean i understand the vegetarian vegan movement it's very respectful it's really big in the tulum and uh fly to carmen area this whole i don't want to eat meat thing this is an awesome thing i don't eat pork but let me tell you this if you want a good mole you have to accept the manteca. You have to. You cannot just say, oh, no, I just want you to fry cocoa beans and manteca <laughs> because that's not going to get it. And then you're really not getting the experience. Right. And so I think that that's a major thing with expats that you kind of have to understand what makes the economy. As I told you, Veracruz is awesome because Veracruz, you have organics. Things that you will not get in Yucatan because you can't due to the expat population and the extreme heat. For example, here in Veracruz, you have, a, I mean, streets and streets and streets. We have fresh fruit 
every day. We don't have like a farmer's market time. No, we have four markets that provide fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, fresh meat, fresh seafood every single day. Okay. From 7 a.m. to 8, 9 o'clock at night, you have fresh food. Okay. You know, um, you can literally go outside and people have like chayotes, uh, papaya, naranjas growing in their yard. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, Veracruz produces sugar. I don't think people realize that, that in the United States, we export or import sugar from Hawaii, pineapples from Hawaii. Well, the United States also calls on Veracruz for sugar, pineapples, papaya, and avocado. Right. So, I mean, I I remember in June, I went to the States and I seen like avocado was like five bucks. I was like, what? I don't think I've, this is like a 10 thing here. What, if, what is this? What is this nonsense? I'm not doing this. And then, oh, mangoes too. I told my grandma, I was like, grandma, I don't think I've ever paid more than 25 cents for a kilo of mango. Right. I don't, I'm, I, I'm just not going to do that. I just won't do it. <laughs> I'm not I doing get, that. <laughs> I, I like, I'm just not. <laughs> and so, that's good to see. That's very good information that we need when we're living there, like you're talking about the port, because that was um, someone I know, you know, how to think. But in Yucatan, they're known for turkey. And I didn't know that. That's another meat that's known uh, big time. Guess what? I'm a big turkey fan. I love turkey. Matter of fact, I'm going to be having making me some smothered turkey wings. <laughs> well, cochinita, pibil, cochinita is really big in Yucatan, too. Okay. Cochinita pibil, and they make it with pork, chicken, or shrimp. Okay. So, I mean, it, it's a it's made with banana leaves, orange juice, and achiote. And I mean, it's an orange like paste that they put on it is because, well, it's an orange paste that they produce down there that is awesome. So it's, I guess, awful. In Veracruz, we have dishes that are called la Veracruzana, mm-hmm. meaning that it's fish that they mm-hmm. stuff with seafood, olives, tomatoes, onions, mushrooms. Amazing. I mean, the food, what can you say about the gastronomy of Mexico? It's worldwide, it's world known. Mexican food, not Tex-Mex, not Tex-Mex. You can right. for burritos and nachos, you're just going to be in a world of trouble. Or hard taco shells, you're going to be in a real hard, you're going to be in trouble because you're not going to get that. Right. But, I mean, the food in Mexico is amazing. Amazing. If you are willing to be flexible and try. Open try. your mind. Yeah, you have to. For example, uh, I will tell you this: I'm, I'm, I'm not the one to try bugs. I'm not gonna eat bugs. That's not my thing. Um, <laughs> I'm not eating crickets or ants or worms. But they are delicacy, and I will tell you this: when the Europeans come, they absolutely love it. They love it, and I mean, ooh, you, you should just see them. It baffles me. But well, they do that in Thailand too, honey. They be eating oh. scorpions and caterpillars. And when they go to um, what was the other country? Um, silkworms in China. So uh, and it's, and then they have the what is that? The, the in the tequila. Uh, Mage. Mage. It's a worm. Mage right. worm. So they put it in there, and they have it in a lollipop. They have caterpillars in a lollipop. 
So I'm good. Well, <laughs> I'm just I know I get you. What I'm saying is that that's a delicacy for them to try. Um, is to be adventurous, but people would think and then they oh, tell you they don't. Yeah, so, and it's not. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. And my husband has tried. He has really tried. I mean, he has tried. Fifteen years, he has. He tried. He never gives up. But I just look at him and I tell him, "Now you know." That's all I say. Now you know. Don't make me act ugly in this restaurant because you know already. You know. They better, they better fry it, dye it, put it under a lot of sauce, and tuck it in a chicken wing. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Okay. But I mean, <laughs> excuse me, I don't make faces, and you know, I'm like, oh, that's that's just that's different. <laughs> I'm pretty, sure, pretty sure they can say a, a many things about my diet too. I don't know, that's yeah. different. See, the thing is, what I like is that since I've actually been back in the states. I've actually got sick. Um, it's coming back because of the food, the purification mm. of me. But that's always every time I leave out the country and I come back to the United States and I have to eat the food. I'm so filled up with mucus. It was like, and my mom said, she was like, babe, you, your body does not never like processed food. And mm. even though you're buying or what they say is organic, it's really not organic. And Isn't that amazing? No, it's not. It's horrible. You're talking about no, it. It's amazing to me. It's ama when I use the word amazing, I'm using it as a double-edged sword. It's amazing to me that they will tell you it's organic and you can scrape the wax off of it. You can, you can just, I, the, the cotton candy grapes, and mm -hmm. then they tell you they're organic. How? How, Sway? Tell me no. how the cotton candy grapes are organic. What grapevine is cotton candy flavored? <laughs> I, I don't I don't go back to the United States often. Literally, I went in June for the first time in like seven years. Mm -hmm. And it tripped me out. I, I, I was stunned. I told my grandma, I said, listen, why are these apples organic? What makes them different from the other organic? What 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 makes right. them organic? You know, tell me. Because <clears throat> paying seven dollars for a bushel of apples to supposedly are organic what is the other tree made out of styrofoam i don't understand <laughs> what where's the products coming from I mean, my grandma went into this whole uh gmo and i was like yep. but it doesn't have any seeds and they're still telling you it's organic i just what i don't yeah, and stop, I stop, 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 you stop. something with no seeds. Like, and you know, my, my family tells me, like, oh, you've been in Mexico too long. I was like, Yeah, I'm going back home. I'm out. I can't right. deal with this. I will recommend kombache tea kombache. for you while you're there. Kombache tea. I was listen, I was drinking it like water. I mean, it was with every meal so that I wouldn't get sick. Because I was and I stayed for a month and I and I didn't want to gain weight. I'm already a chunky. I was like, I don't want to go back real chunky because I'm not gonna buy, I'm not gonna be able to find clothes in Mexico. So kombacha tea. I recommend that you eat and you drink kombacha tea with everything. Well, what I did is I actually, and I could tell I've got some uh, black charcoal. I mm. went back to taking my colloidal silver. I've actually mm. went and I made me, I make this um in Korea. They have this honey that you put lemon peels in it. 
They have lemon peel honey tea. It's a Korean tea or ginger. So when I got to Merida, I have that ginger honey. So instead, I use agave. So I got the ginger, the honey, the lime peels, and I put it in there. I was like, now, how am I going to bring this across? Because it is a liquid form. My mama said, you know what you do, baby? She said, you put it in a mason jar and you get a, get them homemade stickers with it. It's your product, which you make yourself and put the sticker on it and put it in the jar, wrap it up and bring it. That's, That's what you do. See, because I make a lot of tinctures. So okay. I was sitting here, girl, at first dumping out all my tinctures because I'm trying to make it small so I can come. My mm. mom went off on me the other day. She was like, you doing what? Yeah, you, you wasted. You better send them to LA. Like, like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, okay, mama. She was like, I said, mom, I got the holy basil and I got the thyme and the regular tincture. She was like, I said, mom, I'm pouring it out. She said, you're pouring it out. I was like, mom, I don't have enough room to put it you in. You could have at least sold it. Well, the thing, I'm trying to move. Like when I said I'm moving, I mean, when I do this, I'm bringing my dog back, my baby. And that's another thing I like about um, Mexico. I can bring my pit, baby pit bull. He's, he's, he just turned a year, so he's a baby. So I've been away from him for a while. So oh. he's coming back with me. And he's going to continue the training with my friend that does service dogs um, mm. there. So she's going to help me with him, but he's coming and he gets to fry it on the plane because he's going to be labeled as my emotional dog. So he does yeah. not because there has been some things of dogs getting lost or not lost or not being picked up in Mexico City when they travel. That is not going to be the case with my baby because I, I know me. They would like, I told my friend, you be calling me in Mexico. I'll be like, what happened? I was like, they messed up with my baby. So, you know, I'm here. I'm going to be doing some time here and they might deport my behind. So yeah. to prevent that, my, my doctor said, you know what? I just write your note. You know what I mean? What's the big deal? You yeah. know, I, I know that's your baby. And, the, and, and anybody that watched the show watched him as a baby grow up. He is not small anymore. He used to be in my arms and I'll be on the show talking. <laughs> yeah. so I have that, an American bully. They grow fast. Yes. So when I came back, you know, his bark, like his little bark, like woof. He barked the other day and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Calm down, killer. <laughs> Who right. Is this? <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of shocked me, but I want him to be comfortable. So that's another reason why I live in Los America now. It's nice, but it's not, like I said, it's not full. He needs to run around. So I know I need area for him to be able to run around. And my friend's like, you're not going to be able to buy property because you're a foreigner. Like all these things. I said, you know what? Do not project your negativity, ignorance. No, unsuccessful adventures on me. I've been yeah. to many countries and I love that I've been to many countries, but my baby, after we get him trained, he can go there. I was like, even if I have to take my house that I have and rent it as an Airbnb, as I travel like to Veracruz to see around, I know another young lady that lives in Veracruz. Uh, she is, uh, what is she? She's, a, she's a, in corporate world and she's very unhappy, uh, but she's moving to Veracruz. Veracruz and Veracruz outside the corporate area she's goes to work wherever the corporate is her my realtor is actually from Veracruz too he lives in Mariana so he's convincing her to go down there 
Ah, okay. I'm actually moving to Merida in uh, February, March. You're moving? Yeah, I'm not going to stay permanently, but my thing is I'm going to go and open up the school in Merida because we have a lot of students there. I have really been blessed. Listen, I want people to understand this about this COVID thing. I think COVID came to make you either a winner or a loser, honestly, because uh, COVID helped me to really understand that I don't have to focus just on my area. I can help anybody anywhere. And literally, my business has blown up, I don't know, triple, triple. And I have a, I have a lot of clients or a lot of students. I hate to call them clients. They're like my, my, my students are my family. So I have a lot of students now in, in Yucatan, mm-hmm. in Playa. And so I need to go and open up a school, a physical building, because even though we're online, it's very important, especially with my practice with the psychology health, that they're there, that they have somebody that they can see, they can touch, they can talk to, they can run to. Right. And um, it's it's a major thing. And, and education is important everywhere. So right. my goal is in December, I'm going down uh, to scout property. Okay. And the idea is to live there six months and live here in Veracruz six months. I told you, Veracruz is cold. Now, Veracruz is cold. <laughs> Not all okay, of Veracruz is where I live. <laughs> where, I live <laughs> where I live in these mountains. Uh, it's, it's Chile. It's, it's, no, it's cold. It's not Chile. It's cold. And um, it's just not my thing. I don't want to be cold anymore. So okay. I tell my husband, I'm getting ready to do this snowboard thing. We're going to leave when the weather breaks bad here and we're going to go south. Mm-hmm. And that way, I'm going to, my, my school is already established here and, you know, it's fully staffed. So now I need to do the same thing in, in Merida. So that's my, that's my goal for 2022 to go to Merida and give my students phys- physical Reiki, you know, that they can actually see, because see and talk and, and learn. And it's very important as teachers that we continue to travel because we also, you know, vocabulary changes. So it's very important for me to better my craft. I need to go further south and pick up more vocabulary. So that way I can also check what my teachers are teaching and to make sure that it's all right. So nobody takes advantage of me there, right? Living in in the northern part, my vocabulary for northern Spanish is, is on the money. Okay. But southern Spanish, I have to literally depend on, well, my husband speaks Spanish, obviously. He's native. And, you know, he's very fluent with understanding what, they're called yucatecos, what, what they, what, what, how they speak. Mm-hmm. But I need, I need to make sure that I understand Okay. So that so that way I'm I'm offering legit what or I I'm focusing my business and my plans okay to, to be the most beneficial to my students right like I don't want to sell people a dream I want to make sure that this this works you know when I tell somebody oh you can learn Spanish in 18 months it's because I did it and right. my plan my plan I have now patented and I can pass it on to somebody else but why because I really take the time to get in these streets. I tell people all the time, I'm always in the trenches. I'm always out here trying to better my my knowledge. So the idea is to, in this, well, 
next the 26th the 26th we'll be driving down to to scout territory to see where we're gonna where we're gonna set up shop but yeah it's it's major i i don't know if if you deal if you like cold weather no i don't that that when you said that that i have to rethink uh better cruise i gotta find somebody because <laughs> I, I am not cold weather person i do not like cold weather that I um, that's, that's why i live in where i live at now i lived in hawaii for so long when i lived in thailand i lived on an island i'm a mm -hmm. more of an island type of girl you know what i mean i am i like the weather like that um so for me Nah, they not a, they not a. No. I, I, I'm gonna tell you right now what the weather is right now. Right now we're in 62 degrees. Oh heck no, girl! Yeah. If it's 75, I think it's I'm losing my mind. Okay. It's, yes, and it's, listen, this is another thing that I tell expats. It's very important that you understand Mexico has snow. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, Mexico has snow. Mexico has rain all year. You have heat. You have extreme heat. Yep. So you have to figure out what works for you. And I, I'm not the one to to sugarcoat things. Veracruz is awesome. You have tropical areas. You have the jungle. But baby, it gets cold here. Say so, yeah. My girlfriend was telling me that, and and uh, what was it? Uh, Mexico, uh, Mexico City. She said it oh. snows and that she didn't, she left Merida because that's what she wants. I was like, mm -hmm. that's the total opposite. I don't want that. I don't mind going visiting, but when y'all get all that snow and all that rain and all whatever it is, I don't like that. I need to be where I am. My son, because and even in uh, San Diego, it got down to 39. I was like, okay, y'all are out of y'all mind. Yeah, okay? yeah, that's how I feel. I got a whole, listen, fireplaces. I'm like, listen, when when you think to settle you don't think that you need to worry about heat you don't think that well like i said i just came into mexico not even researching anything but just the structure of the housing you don't really think about these center blocks get hot these center blocks get cold yes. and how do we warm them up or cool them off so it's very important that that people really understand where they're going to what language they need to speak and how how to move how to move around the locals how to and this is all a part relocation plan you know this is this is what we explain to people when they oh i want to move to mexico and you have to fill out a, a questionnaire okay so that we completely understand your your wants and your needs because most people are like oh i want a two bedroom two bath and I'm like, oh, baby, that's that's that is nothing. What, what I need you to understand is what is the weather? What's the weather are you willing to deal with? You know, how much cost of living are you willing to deal with the fluctuation? Because right. down south, the, I, I seen I seen yesterday or the day before yesterday, they're paying like 23 pesos on the dollar, and I was like, oh no, that's rip. That's a that's that's robbery. Right, right, right. right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I got to say this. We are actually at 49 seconds. Well, those ah. 10 seconds. So, you guys, I gave you information. Look at that. Get in touch. We had a wonderful conversation. And we will also be doing this again. So, you hold on right there. I know this, like, 
Hello, everyone. Hello? Hold on, wait a minute. Okay, because it says live. Well, we're live then. <laughs> ah, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Ori. This is Ori, your host. I, I do apologize because we're having a little difficulties, which is what happens when we travel, when one of us travels. And one of us is in this country and the other one is in another country. I can hear your I can hear your your, your thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um today's topic is something that I wanted to talk about that occurred last week, but it's not an apology. I don't want you to think that I'm call I'm 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 talking about last week because I want to apologize for the ranting and, and the anger that I felt last week. I'm sorry, guys, for the anger and the ranting I felt last week, because I'm not, I, I don't apologize for something that I feel strongly about. And um, I don't expect people to understand how I feel because a lot of people have not been in my situations and or have been around people like me, you know, I, I know that if it were not for the kindness of strangers, I would not be where I'm at and I would not have survived all the things that I have. But I do believe that the universe is fair and universal law is always just. So I know that uh, my friend, although was going through some things, you know, the universe is wide and God is good all the time. And that's why I always tell people walk by faith because at the end of the day, things are always resolved one way or the other. Now it is Monday and it is a new day. It is a new beginning. It is a new, a new week. So I'm wishing everybody a happy Monday and a happy Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, wishing you all love and light and hope all is well. Now, In this week, or let's just say today, I want to talk about something that is that that I also acknowledge and I've seen many, many, many times. And I must say that it is something that to me, it's a little disturbing because sometimes as human beings, I'm not even going to talk about spiritual, I'm talking about human as human beings, we are always trying to help people, and it just seems, hold on, live viewers, comments show up on the stream, Dr. D, I can see you. <laughs> hold on, hold on. <sighs> Hold on, babe, sorry. Mm. 
Oh Lord. Okay, so what was I talking about? Anyway, so hold on, guys, because there's like there's like two more screens on here. I'm sorry we're having so many difficulties, but this is being this is being shown. I can hear it. You gotta put me on mute. Hold on. Let me just get to the point that I'm trying to make. Um, one of the things that I have been observing, and it's not something that I've been observing as of now, I've been observing this for quite a while now. I've seen people do it and I've talked about it, but you know, I, I see more and more people going through this situation and I don't really, I quite, can't I, I can't quite understand why um because i know that it will not be my monkey ass doing this hi kathy you know i believe that when you are in a relationship with someone it should be something that is um repetitious it's something that you give and you receive you give and you receive and when you are shown love then you become you should become reciprocal and give it back. But I, I noticed that in a lot of relationships, there are people, both men and women, who have something great at home and they just find the need to go on the other side like if the grass is greener, when it really is not. So I find certain things perplexed, okay? I, I, I definitely believe that it is better to be alone than they're, mis, they're misguided and misled by someone who pretends to care about you when they don't. I don't believe that when people have problems, they should stay together for the sake of the children because I think at the end of the day, they will end up hurting the children more. And I just personally don't believe that when you when when and if you separate from your partner, you should dog your partner to your children. I, I don't think that that's fair to your child to talk about, you know, their father or their mother in 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 a bad context because most most likely the problem didn't begin with the parent or the parent. Turn right onto Circuito Colonias. Dr. D, you're on my screen. Continue for one and a half kilometers. Wait a minute. I get you, I get you, I get you. Okay, so... You know, I believe that if, if two adults 
are having problems, it's between the adults. It's not, it's not between the children. It's, it's between the adults. And it's up to the adults to work these things out. You know, um, I also... I also feel bad. I also feel bad for mothers and, and you know, that that try to find happiness and, and they find these relationships and they give like 110 and yet their boyfriends or husbands or whoever just sit around doing nothing and they don't even participate. Even if they have children, they don't participate. It's almost like they feel like the, the mother is responsible to do everything. And nine out of 10, the mother usually makes more money than the men. And yet the man is makes it seem by using reverse psychology, like the woman is not doing enough. I don't understand that either. And I don't understand why women stay and deal with that. Because if you earn enough money that you can take care of your bills by yourself and you don't need any help from a man, then why are you dealing with a man? when you can just walk away from it and and be patient and walk by faith. And it doesn't matter because I know that there are a lot of people who who judge people like Jennifer Lopez because, oh, well, she has this boy, she has this boy, she has it. Well, guess what? I'm a big fan of Jennifer Lopez. I'm very proud of her. I admire the fact that she is not tolerating any BS from any man. That when she feels that she is unhappy, she walks away from it. I don't think that those children are damaged. I don't think that they will be, they will live a life uh, with with any harm because of the fact that they have female role models like the mother and the sister that are always there. And, you know, they have a father and they have other, you know, bodyguards and stuff that will take care of them. So. You know, like she could, she makes sure that she spends a lot of time with her children because they're her children and she loves them. And and you know, once you have that foundation and and of love and and understanding, I think you can you can beat the odds of of being you know being screwed up. You know what I'm saying? Now, I also know that there are a lot of good there are a lot of women in the world. They'd always say the same thing. I want a good woman. I want a good man. I want a good man. I want a good man. But when they have a good man, they don't know how to treat that good man. Ladies, let go of what happened to you yesterday. Really. The pain that you went through yesterday over an ex, it's not happening now. Let it go. Move on. Why should the person you're with that treats you kind and treats you good, why should he have to suffer for what your ex did to you? And why should you continue to hold on to, to the, the bitterness? Because I find that to be, to be, you know, something big in that, in, 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 in not just one community, in every race, where the, where the man will leave the woman and then the woman, the man is doing, the man automatically meets somebody young and then all of a sudden he decides to start a new family and he's doing this and doing that. But the woman doesn't seem to be able to let it go. Although she may say, I'm over it. If you have to get mad at every time the man is moving forward or he's starting a family or he's doing something, you're not over it. 
But what you don't, what you neglect to see is for every, for every person who creates a new family, for every man who starts a new family, think about everything that he has to do. He has to buy a new house. He has to probably buy her a car. He probably, if she, if she comes with children, he has to deal with her baggage on top of, let's say she gets pregnant to deal with his package. So don't always be so quick to look at things and say, well, I can't believe that they're happy and I'm not happy. Well, how do you know they're happy? You don't know because you don't live there. You're not in their home. You're not, you're not a fly on their wall. And I'm sorry, you know, most, most people that leave other people to go to the other side thinking that the grass is greener, they don't always end up happy. The majority of them end up miserable. And the, 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 they not only do they end up miserable, they end up coming back to you for a favor or for you to help them through something because that's just what they do. And it doesn't mean, and I'm not just saying women, I'm just saying men and women, you know, both men are the same way. Men want a good woman, but when they have a good woman, they're too busy trying to probe them to figure out what the woman did in her past and how many men she was with so that they could judge her and call her all kinds of whores. Ladies, the moment a man calls you out of your name at least once, it's time to go. Because first they start calling you out of your name, then they start throwing stuff. Once they start throwing stuff, then they start breaking shit. When they start breaking shit, they start hitting walls near you, close to you, but they don't hit you, but the hitting will come next. So just keep that in mind. We're all here to be loved and we're all here to share love with one another. We're here to open up our hearts and to give of each other. But if we can't let go of our past and we're constantly being drawn back to, oh, well, you know, this one screwed over and this one cheated on me and this one cheated on me. Well, if five women cheated on you and and according to you, you were kind and five women cheated on you, then either you're the problem or you're the fool. So you need to ask yourself, which one are you? Am I the problem or am I the fool? I think that when you truly love someone and you deal with the beatings and you deal with the with the, the verbal beatings, not, not the physical beatings, but physical, but verbal beatings, uh, the mental cruelty, uh, I don't know, every other type, you know, people putting you down, calling you names, calling you fat, calling you ugly, calling you whatever. I think that when you break down a person's character, somehow or another, they become, they kind of like fall in love with you even more. It's like a person when they get raped over and over and over and over by the same person, they tend to fall in love with the person who hurts them. And it's a psychological thing, but it's true. They do. They fall in love with the person who, hate, who hurt them the most. And they actually start to believe that that happened because they deserved it. 
And these things are sad, but the reality of things is that there are some people that come from that, but then there are people who are, are able to move forward. There are many people out there that are such geniuses. There's the, you guys are amazing. And if no one told you how amazing you are, you're all very amazing people. But sometimes the situation goes wrong and um, we feel as if we are alone and, and when when things don't go right for us financially, the first thing we think of is, what am I going to do with myself? What can I do? What am I going to do? Um, I don't know where I'm going or what I'm going to do. Well, my suggestion is to take a look at what it is that you're good at and what you enjoy and turn that into a business because you will make money if you do something that you enjoy and that you're good at doesn't always take money to make money, but you can always achieve great things if you do things that make you feel good. I'm a reader. That's what I do. I create spiritual baths. That's what I do. I can create lotions and oils and soaps and, you know, you name it, I can create it. That's what I do. That's what I enjoy doing. So at the end of the day, you know, I can, I can either make it or break it, but I can do it for myself. So I don't really need someone to reach out and say, here, no, I create my destiny by creating things to help other people with their destiny. So back to what I was saying, back to what I, to what I was saying originally, you know, I, I, I watch this on a constant basis. I, I people watch. So I'll go to the park and I'll sit down. I'll go to the Nicole store. I sit down and I see women, you know, um, I, I see women with men, you know, walking, you know, uh, walking, let's just say their morning walk with their dog. And, and then the woman is talking to the man and the man's like, you know, would you just shut up? And I see the woman look at the man. And I say to myself, you know, it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad that smart women, very smart women, end up with loser men. Sometimes smart men end up with loser women. Maybe it's the, the fact that men like to have young eye candy. And because they have the money, they don't really care. But I mean, let's be realistic. You know, Anne Nicole Smith, which is a fabulous looking woman, was with an old, old man. You, do you honestly believe that that woman was truly in love with that man? Come on, we're not idiots. And if you are, if you believe that she is, then I'm sorry, you kind of twist it because I like younger men. I don't like old saggy asses. I'm sorry, and if you're one foot in the grave, I definitely am not gonna be messing with you. So, can't go through life where people are like, oh, he's a, she's a gold digger, or he's a gold digger. Unfortunately, there are a lot of men out there. There are 
There are more men out there that are gold diggers than women that are gold diggers. I've learned that. I've seen it. I've experienced it. It even happens in, in, in gay life. You know, unfortunately, you treat people kind and they take your kindness for weakness and people feel like they can just use you. And unfortunately, because like me, we're looking for love and we're looking for some type of attention. We believe that they are, that they actually care about us when in reality, they don't even care about themselves. So the lesson in this is to learn it, you know, learn the lesson and, 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 and live life, live what you have and live your best life. No matter what goes on, live it, live it. You know, there's nothing more beautiful than a man who supports you that will guide you, that will allow you to follow your dream, that will help to help build you and, and help you financially when you are in need to create your dream. There's nothing more beautiful than that. There's nothing more beautiful than, than a woman guiding a man and helping him to rebuild himself, not financially, emotionally. There's nothing more beautiful than a woman taking a man under her wing and saying, you know what, I'm gonna help you to rise and then help him rise. I think where the sadness comes in is when they rise to the occasion and they rise to where they're supposed to be and then all of a sudden they leave the woman because someone prettier came along or someone slimmer came along or someone with money came along. And all of those, all of that time that this other woman molded them, they were being molded. These women molded these men, preparing them for another woman. So I just, I look at things and I say, you know, some of, hi Sadia, some of the most important people in my life, some of the most important women in my life have, have been, Hello, everyone, and thank you. Some of the most important women in my life I have realized have come into my life, and I've seen the transformations of what they've done to men, for men, to, to make them whole, to nurture them, to give them love, and, and give of their heart and their soul. Just to be insulted by a man, to be put down by a man, to be rejected by a man, to be abused mentally, emotionally, and then, then they try the physical stuff. But if the woman is smart, she'll be smart enough to walk away. But if she's not, unfortunately, she will end up getting beat. And if she thinks that the beatings will stop, they won't. So there was a time where you would hear women getting beat up so badly and they're in the hospital and they go through this. Nowadays, what you read in the paper is so-and-so went and killed his wife and killed himself and killed the children. Why? I don't know. I just think that it's, it's kind of morbid and it's kind of sad that you would have to want to force a person to stay with you when they don't love you, when they don't want to be with you, 
why force someone to be by your side if they can't even comprehend who you are? If they can't even acknowledge what you bring to the table because you're so busy worrying about what they're bringing to you because that's what it is. They're not worrying about what you bring to the table. They're worrying about what you're doing for them. And there are a lot of men, a, a lot, and I've met a lot of men that 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 have dated friends of mine, and we we are, we were close, and then all of a sudden, you know, the minute you know there's too many conversations with me, they're like uh, they start getting jealous and insecure. Dude, I'm gay. I don't want your girlfriend. But the insecurity, why? Because a lot of men want a lot of attention, and they're very needy. And when men are, when men become needy, that's when the problems begin, because they want all the attention, all of your attention. They want you to spend most of the time with you, and if you have family, you know they want to tag along because technically, what they're doing is being nosy. Like if they have friends, they push their friends aside so that they can be up the woman's ass to see what the woman is doing and where she's going and who she's hanging out with. But that I blame on the women. So women, when you have a man, you are the one who mold him to create him. You push him to be that monster. You create that monster because you want him to tag along because you love him. So you want him to tag along, tag along to every family function, to every family this, and every, every party you want him to tag along. Your man don't have to tag along to all the shit you go to. Because just like you had a life before you met him, he had a life before he met you, and he should continue his life just like you should continue yours. Because making those sacrifices of always giving yourself up for one person and one person at a time for what? I'm sorry. Gay people do the same thing. I'm not saying that they don't. I have a lot of gay friends that the minute they get a boyfriend, they forget about their friends. Their friends do not exist. Well, maybe that's why I'm alone because I cannot see myself not socializing with my friends or conversating with my friends on a regular basis like I do or even visiting my friends and my family because I have a boyfriend. First of all, this is the one thing that anyone who knows me knows I am this way. I don't invite my boyfriends to my family's houses. I don't invite my partners to my friends' homes. I don't invite them over. I don't want my friends. I don't want my, my partners to socialize with my friends. And I don't want to socialize. Well, no, that's not true. They can socialize with my friends. I don't have a problem them socializing with my friends. I don't want to socialize with their friends at all. I don't need to. Don't need to be with their friends. They go out with their friends. I never ask where you're going. I never ask what time you're coming back. I don't ask questions. I don't. Maybe I'm weird. I mean, people have said that I'm very insensitive and I really don't care. And you know what? I think about it and I've thought about it and I've pondered on it. And guess what? I really don't care. I don't. And I'm not even pretending that I care. I don't care. I really don't. I'm not a jealous person. I don't go through people's phones. I think that's rude. I think it's improper. And I think that it's insecure. You're insecure if you have to go through your partner's phone. I don't, even if the phone rings, I won't even look at it. I won't look at it because it's not my phone that's ringing. I got my own phone.
And yes, my phone has a passcode and I don't give it to anybody because nobody that I know or nobody that I'm with should ever have the passcode to my phone. But then again, everybody's different. You know, everybody wants to share. It's like when couples go, people, when couples are married or, or you have girlfriends, you know, whether they're lesbians or you have partners that are hetero or you have homosexual partners. I'm sorry, guys, but what the hell and why the hell would I want my partner to be in the bathroom while I'm on the toilet taking a crap? I don't understand that. I don't get that. I think it's freaking weird. I do. I think it's weird. I think that's when you start to cross these lines. You know, I think that that those those little stupid things, those little scenarios that may seem stupid or sound stupid, that's the shit I'm talking about of how you create a monster. You create these monsters where they have to be with you every five minutes. What do you have to talk to me about when I go take a crap that you could not have talked to me about five minutes before I went to take a crap? or five minutes after I come out. What is it that you can't talk to me about? Why do you need to, why do you have the need to feel that you have to go to the bathroom early in the morning when we wake up, when you were up before me and you were sitting in bed, I get up and I decide I go to the bathroom and you're gonna follow me and you're gonna go to the bathroom too, why? I go use the bathroom and you're brushing your teeth but you could have brushed your teeth earlier. See, these are the little, these are the little, little things that people don't understand. You know, I don't understand. Look, it's me. It's, it's my own, my own, uh, it's not my own shit. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying it's me. Maybe I'm broken, but you know, there are people and I, and I do that. I, I admire, I admire women that will say, you know, I, you know, I don't want, I can't be with one man. I can't, I can't be attached to one person, you know, and I understand that. And, and I, I believe that you state the facts and you tell the truth from the beginning, you state the facts of why, and you tell the truth of what you want to do. And if the person is willing to accept it, that's fine. If not, then no. You know, there's a lot of things that I don't like and a lot of things I don't agree upon. Maybe I'm a prude. I'm not going to tell you that I haven't had twosomes and threesomes and foursomes. I'm not going to tell you that. But what I will tell you is that when I have a partner, I'm not going to I'm not going to have an open relationship with a partner because it's the thing to do or because gay people want to have open relationships. No, I married you. I'm with you. Is no open relationship. You need an open relationship, then you need to get the shit. You need to get yourself and get the hell out of my house. There's no open relationships. I don't need them. Don't want them. It's not necessary. Life is too short to be jumping and playing games with yourself. People forget and people lose sight. And women, especially you women out here, you do this. You women out there that are heterosexual, you have sex with these men who are heterosexual and you're like, oh no, I'm good. And I don't use condoms, whatever. But you know what? You forget and or you don't remember or you or you dropped you, you were dropped or you dropped yourself in the head and you bumped your head or something. But HIV is very still much alive out there. And so is syphilis and so is gonorrhea and so is chlamydia and so are other diseases out there. 
So when you start having sex with people and you don't use condoms and something happens to you, well, guess what? Good for you because you deserved it because you were a moron and you didn't, you didn't pay attention. You know, uh, I want to know when I'm with someone, I want to know, and I, and I really care about the person. I want you to get tested. I want you to get tested because I get tested every time I get blood work because I'm a diabetic. I get tested. You're on the screen. I want to be, I want my partner to get tested. I want to know what your status is. I'm not going to judge you if you're positive because there's always prep. But the bottom line is, I'm not going to have sex with somebody that hasn't been tested. I want to know what your status is, not for you, for me. Because if I've survived all these years and I haven't, I haven't been sick, why would I want to get in a relationship and get sick? I don't think so. I don't think that's the game that I want to play. And if that's the game the spirit may have for me, then you know what? Then I have no use for spirit either. That's the way I look at things. And that's the way I live life. Okay. So this is not about calling people out and calling them stupid. I don't, I don't like the word stupid. Yes. I've been using it lately because yeah, there's a hell of a lot of stupid people out there. I mean, stupid, but I don't like the word. It's not one of my favorite words, but I'm not here to call out people and say, oh, well, you know, she made this mistake. No, I believe that there's a lot of people out here looking for love somehow or another. She's just looking to be loved. But in doing so, you lose yourself. And if you've already done this and you play this game with yourself so many times and you play Russian roulette by losing yourself, why do you continue to do the same thing? You can't stop talking to your friends because you meet somebody new. You can't pull away from family because you meet someone new. You can't spend all your time and want to spend all your time with one person because you automatically you feel happy. You can't do that to yourself because the same, the same, uh, the same exact thing that has happened to you not once, not twice, maybe three times, it's going to happen to you again. Because if you follow this, you're going to realize that you're only, you're only following this pattern of destructiveness. And when you fail, who, do you, who are you going to blame? You have to blame yourself. You can't blame anybody else because that is just how you are. I don't like fair weather friends. I don't like friends that are my friends today and then tomorrow they're with someone and they forget all about me. I don't like that. I think that's, I, I think that those people are very foolish and eventually I get tired and I will pull away because I don't have the time for it, nor do I need people like that in my life. I need people that are going to be there and ask me how I'm doing. And I'm not one to call a lot of people, but you know what? When I do have the time, even if it's a year that passes by, I will reach out and I will pick up where I left off and it will be like normal. But if you can't do that, then that's a problem. And it's not my problem. It's somebody else's problem. Now, keeping yourself focused is not allowing someone to try to manipulate you and guide you where it's going to hurt you. Okay? Because they are friends that will tell you, oh, yeah, 
go you yeah why don't you just mess around with him it'll be okay just mess around with him you know and when you get tired you know you can push him aside no because nine out of ten that person that you're messing around with you will eventually catch feelings and what's going to happen you're going to catch feelings and then they're going to hurt you you're not going to hurt them you're going to hurt you 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 with you and then you'll get pissed off and you'll say well i knew i should have walked away well yeah that clearly was the idea get involved hit it and run or hit it and keep hitting it until something better comes along and then run but if you don't state the facts and tell the truth to the person how are you going to be able to do that and that's the problem people play too many games we're too old to be playing games life is too short it's 2021. We don't, what tomorrow's not promised. Tomorrow's not promised. These fools can push a button tomorrow and, and make and boom and, and just blow us all up because they're not thinking about us. They're thinking about themselves. So we need to think more clearly. We need to look at, at how politics is and look at how dirty it is and look at how unorganized it is and ask ourselves, do we really want to live our lives that way? Because I don't think that we would. I don't think anybody in their right mind wants to live a life playing games with people. And if they do, then they're an ass. And the person that's getting played is a bigger ass because I'm sure that the person is aware that they're being played. They just stay and they deal with it because they feel lonely. They feel like they can't find anyone else. And therefore the people that guide you are guiding you or trying to push you in that direction so that you can do all these things that they do that are kind of effed up, it's only going to lead you to misery like they are. Misery. Misery loves company, so they're going to be miserable. You're going to be miserable just like them. So we as human beings and as actually decent human beings, we've had, I'm sure we've all had hard times. I don't care if you're black, white, Chinese, well, black, white, yellow, green, purple, you know, um, I don't know why I said Chinese, but I do have a lot of Chinese friends and my friend Sadia, who's also on here, we've worked with a lot of Asian people and I love them. So, and so does Dr. D. We love Asian people. So, and yes, guys, this is coffee, by the way. <clears throat> the one thing that I can say is nobody likes to be played. But yet, there are people who like to play games. Everybody loves the pretty. Everybody loves the pretty. I know I do. I love pretty men. I love stunning looking young men. But at the end of the day, let's be realistic. What can they do for me? Absolutely nothing. What have they ever done for me? Absolutely nothing. Just like me, there have been many women and men that have, how am I gonna say this without sounding shitty? We've paid for it. We've paid for it. We've paid for the love. We've paid for companionship. We've paid for the relationship we had. You know, we were the primary caregivers and they, we gave them the world and they didn't even buy us a Coca-Cola. And that's a shame, but it's true. So 
this is all about, this is not about, this is not about, um, this is not about shaming anyone. This is about common sense. It's about knowing the people that you surround yourself, but also knowing when to let go of them. You know, there are reasons for seasons and some friends come along in your life for a season. Some come along for two seasons, three seasons, four seasons, but you have to know when to cut the apron string and let it go because a lot of these people are not here to be your friends. A lot of these people are very jealous or envious or they're hypocritical people that may like something you do or they may like the way you are or they may take ideas from you and and they take these ideas only to make themselves feel grander. But I'll tell you one thing about people like that, for you guys out there that suffer and, and, and feel sad. There is no revenge better than, there's no better revenge than just being still and trying and, and outdo, you know? I mean, like I said, you people, a lot of you people know me for many, 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 many years. I've had, I have clients that I've had for 30 years, 34 years. I've, I've read from the poorest people to some of the richest people that will blow your mind. I don't drop, I don't name drop, I don't, but I have a pretty good clientele base. And if I start to sell stuff again, I'm sure my clientele base will actually triple. Now, I am a reader and I'm a damn good reader and I, I am happy and proud of who I am. Not everybody is, not everybody likes the fact that I am who I am because I'm so real. I don't candy coat things. I don't tell you this or that or, or, or make excuses. I break it down and I tell you exactly how it is. If your man is no good, I'm gonna tell you your man is no good. And if you tell your man that I said he was no good and he calls me, I'm gonna let him know in front of you that I said, yes, you are no good because you're not, because I don't lie. I don't have a problem speaking my mind if you ask me a question, I'm gonna tell you how I feel. Maybe I'll tell you in a way that it's ghetto. Maybe that day I'm feeling a little like Queen Victoria, so then I'll talk to you while sipping on some tea with my little pinky sticking up in the air with some decorum. Or maybe I'll just act like I'm trailer trash and I'll just curse at you. However the message comes across, it's gonna come across and I'm gonna tell you however it is and, and however you feel about me, it's fine. And you wanna know why? The reason is because I'm not letting anybody guide me. I'm allowing spirit to guide me. So if spirit decides this morning, if spirit has a bug up his ass this morning, I'm gonna have a bug up my ass this morning too. Because sometimes spirits are like that. Sometimes you don't know what spirit walks into the room, you know? And I, like I said to everyone, and I'm always clear and I don't pretend to know everything. I know where I walk. I know that I walk in between the veil of everything. And I know I walk in between the gray, 
But I always say I'm grateful and I live in gratitude. I don't know if it's God or the devil who gives me my energy, but whoever it is, I'm grateful. And I live in gratitude every day for it. Why? Because I've learned from my past. I've learned from past mistakes. I've learned that people will only do to you what you allow them. But I also know that people can be molded by yourself, by you, and they can become monsters. And when they become monsters, then that's when you start to complain. If you don't want to complain and you don't want to be bitter, then don't create a monster. Don't. When you go to the store and you're going to buy something for yourself, buy something for yourself. You hear that? Yourself. Okay. I usually go to the store when I used to go to the store and and and, and was with my ex my husband. I used to see things. Oh, let me buy him this pair of pants. Let me buy him this pair of pants. Let me buy him these sneakers. So when I go to when I go away, I can take it to him. So when I looked at my bag, I got home. My bag was mostly their stuff, not my stuff. So at the end of the day, I don't do that anymore. I go to the store because I'm going there to buy for me. I'm going to buy for me. And people will say, wow, you spend money. You spend a lot of money. Yeah, I spend a lot of damn money, but I spend it on myself. I ain't spending it on you. I'm not spending it on anybody else. And at the end of the day, the money that I spend is my money because you know what? I earn it. And since I earn it, I have the right to spend it however I want to. Now, if you're going to come over and you're going to take care of my bills and you're going to take care of me and you're going to pay my car payment and my insurance and you're going to give me walking around money and you're going to keep me in the style that I've accustomed myself to be kept, then, hey, I'll go to the store by myself an outfit and buy you one, too. So with this, guys, like I said, I'm not going on tangent and I'm not jumping. I just want you to know that there are many scenarios of what you can call monsters, of what you can call relationships, of what you can decide what you're doing. But ultimately, you need to become the person who is ultimately guiding yourself. Why? It is only when you become your own best friend, when you can say, I am my best friend, I am my, my own best friend, and you can sit in a room, as I do on a daily basis, and sit in a room for more than 12 hours, 14 hours, by myself without turning on the TV, reading a book, or working on something, or, or or looking through to TikTok or a catalog or something, or just walking around, when you can do that and feel happy with yourself and you can go to the water and you can go anywhere and you can travel by yourself as I do, and you don't need someone there and you feel comfortable with your own spirit and your own self, then you know what? Then you can say, I'm good. But until then, you can never say you're going to be good because you're always going to depend on somebody. You're going to always want to be with somebody. You're always going to be around, want to be around a crowd of people. You know, I'm constantly being invited to functions and I don't go. I don't go because the minute you tell me, the minute I ask you the question, how many people are going to be there? And you start telling me all these names. Once you pass three, that's enough. That's more, more than enough people. Three and over is too many people, too many people. Two, three is okay. 
more than three, it's too many people. Too many people, too many energies, too many conflicting attitudes. We don't need that, okay? Why? Because everybody, everybody that you run across that don't know you are always going to look at you. And I'm not telling you to be paranoid. They're just going to look at you because they don't know you. And they're going to ask you a, a series of questions. And at the end of the day, they're going to try to change you or they're going to try to give you some advice. Oh, I like you. I want to be your friend. And then they want to hang out with you. And then when they hang out with you and they see what you're really like, they're like, oh, well, maybe you need to tone it down a little bit. Or maybe you need to, or maybe you need to just like, you know, Maybe you don't need to be so angry or maybe you need to let this go. Well, maybe you need to kiss my ass is what I say. And I keep walking because I can't walk around worrying about what you're thinking of or how you think that I should behave because it's not the proper behavior for you. At the end of the day, I stop playing the good little boy trying to please you know, my master, who was a monk, I'm tired. I was tired of pleasing, pleasing it, all of these. My master, who was a monk, I'm tired. I was tired of pleasing, pleasing myself. Pleasing all of these. Hello. Hello. I'm tired. I was tired of pleasing myself. Shut down. Lord, this interference today. Anyway, so. Like I said, I got tired. I got tired of trying to make everybody happy. Always putting on a smile. How are you? And pretending that everything was beautiful when inside I was eating myself up. And just like I did, there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people who do that to themselves every single day. They walk around with a smile to make everybody happy. They they, they feel like they have to please the world. For what? For what? If you don't please you, how, why are you going to please somebody else? Why are you going to please the world that's not helping you with anything and you're not going to please yourself? If you feel you need to work on yourself because maybe somebody that was really close to you said to you, well, you know, I love you and I accept you the way you are, but you know, maybe you get more bees with honey than you do with vinegar and and you understand or they explain it to you they break it down to you and then if you choose well maybe i need to go to therapy because maybe i need to maybe there's a problem go to therapy i advise it i love therapy go to therapy and then you know what if then if you choose to to put on a happy smile every day then that's fine then do so but let it be because you choose to do it not because someone's pushing you to do it because there's a difference between being guided and being pushed. And most people that say, oh, well, I just want the best for you and I'm trying to help you. No, the majority of the people that are trying to do that, they're not trying to help you because at the end of the day, all they're doing is they're trying to push you into doing something that they want you to do because they want you to better yourself for them, not for you, so that they can bring you around their friends so that you can, you can shine but guess what? I shine just fine. There might be a lot of people that mislike that that may not like me or dislike me because of who I am or what I am or how I speak or how I carry myself. But I can tell you that for every thousand people, there's a hundred thousand people that like who I am. 
I've never been around any part of the world where I have not met people and have not kept in touch with them. So obviously that speaks volumes, but that's only because, like I said, I have become my own best friend. So when I travel, when I walk down the street, I don't walk down the street with fear that something is gonna happen to me. I walk down the street with happiness that if today you come to me and you decide that you're an angry person and you want to take my life in my mind, you may think that I'm afraid, but in my mind, what I'm saying is, thank you, Lord. I'm ready and I will accept whatever you bring my way. I have no reason to fear. I have no reason to feel bad. I have no reason to, to say that at this point in my life, I'm unhappy. Everything that I've wanted to do in my life up to this point, I have done everything. And I don't know anyone who can say that, but everything I've ever wanted to do, I've done. Come on guys, you guys know me. I've had stores. I've had my own product lines. I've had my own lotion lines. I have my own perfume lines. I published books. You know, there's nothing that I didn't want that I didn't have. I had it all. So at the end of the day, and I've traveled a great deal and met a lot of people and have helped thousands and thousands of people. So you know what? If it is my moment, then it is not just my moment. It is my glory. But then again, I'm not talking about death. I'm talking about being comfortable enough with yourself that you don't have to have those fears in your mind. Oh, well, if I go here, then I may die. Or if I go there, something bad may happen because people do that. People don't want to travel by themselves because they're afraid. But yet Dr. D is like me. We travel wherever spirit takes us and we go by ourselves. We don't have to stay in a in a five-star hotel, we can stay in the Airbnb or we can stay in a shack. And we can, as long as the shack is clean, ain't got no roaches, ain't got no bugs, we're fine. But the bottom line is, is that you have to be your own best friend. And this, like I said, everything that I went over today, it's not about anything much about then accepting yourself, loving yourself, respecting yourself, not creating demons that you cannot control which is giving up your freedom to any one person, even a friend, okay? Don't always think that it's wise to let your friends know what you're doing or what you're up to. Sometimes the best policy is don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Let them find out after the fact. I came back from DR and a lot of people were like, oh my God, I didn't even know you went away. Well, were you supposed to know I went away? I don't think you are because... I don't live with you. I don't think that I owe you any explanation either. So, you know, with that being said, you guys need to understand that if you don't want to hide monsters in your closets by getting your ass whooped by people and then automatically pretending, oh, no, he's good to me. You know, he's good to me. You know, I'm the one that's mean and I'm the one that looks for it. I don't think any of you women look to get slapped. I don't think any of you women look to get choked. I don't think that any of you women look to be mistreated, especially when you treat people with kindness and love and understanding.
Men too, because men get their ass kicked too by women and by other men. We don't look for that. I surely as hell don't look for someone to mistreat me. I look for kindness. I give kindness and whoever knows me knows that I give you the benefit of the doubt. The first time I meet you, I give you the benefit of the doubt. I will treat you with kindness. I will treat you with love. I will treat you with all kinds of things. And I'm very detailed and I watch you and I observe what you like, what you don't like. And I'm always catering. But the day that you think that you are more man enough and your balls hang lower than mine and you think that you can slap me or push me or say something, you best believe that at one point you got to go to sleep. Just remember that. You got to go to sleep. So women and men learn to listen to that inner voice. Learn to be guided by yourself. Learn to learn to love you. If you don't learn to love you, then how are you expecting someone else to love you? You have to love yourself first. So this is not about bullying or being bullied. This is about creating monsters that you can't control, but it all is, it's all caused by, it's a cause and effect. It's a cause and effect of not loving yourself. Because if you have to find a man and all of a sudden he becomes your best, oh, he's my best friend. No, bitch, he's not your best friend. He's your boyfriend. You just met him. He's your boyfriend. He's not your best friend. He's not someone that you tell all your business to. He is your boyfriend. Okay? Simple as that. Now, if you are best friends already and then down the line you become partners, I can understand that. But to meet someone and start dating them and, and a month later, oh, he's my best friend. Do you know how foolish that sounds? Very foolish. Okay? I'm not even going to say stupid. I'm just going to say foolish. So if you don't want to create monsters, I don't like crowds. I don't like care what people think about me. Lisa Leonard, I agree, honey. I don't care what people think of me. I walk the streets by myself. I drive my car by myself. I go to the restaurants by myself. I do things by myself and I am just fine. I don't have to deal with something. If I go into a, a mall and I feel the vibration is negative, I walk right out and go to another mall. It's simple. We have choices. We don't have to be anywhere we don't want to be. We don't have to deal with anything that we don't want to deal with. We don't have to socialize with anyone that we don't want to socialize with. It doesn't matter if it's your boyfriend or your girlfriend's mother or father. You don't like them. You don't like their energy. You don't want to socialize. Don't socialize with them. You're, you, if you're a grown-ass person, no one can tell you that you are obligated to socialize with them. Because if you yourself are not obligated to socialize with them and you decide to walk away from them, why would you expect someone else that you're with to socialize with your parents if you don't like socializing with your parents? Think about that, guys. Think about that, okay? Don't play victim. Don't play victim because we create these monsters by letting people interfere, getting into our wallets, getting into our business, checking our phones. I wish somebody would check my damn phone. So I can slap them in the face with my damn phone. I wish somebody would go through my wallet. So then I could take a, a, 
like an old-fashioned way my parents would take a wooden spoon and hit them over the head for going through my wallet. I wish somebody would. You know, I mean, I look, I see it in Cuba. I see it in any country I've been, I see it. I see it in this country, you know, people, well, who's calling you? Well, why are they calling you so late? Well, mind your business. They're not calling you, they're calling me. I mean, think about that. Sometimes the people that are trying to guide us are the people that we're with. And unfortunately, someone broken cannot guide you. If they ain't got their shit together, they can't guide you. So you have to keep yourself focused. Okay. I got one minute, guys. I am so sorry that I started late. You know, we've been having difficulties, but, you know, my dear doctor is away um, in another country. And you know that I just came back from being in another country. So at the end of the day, there's always, there was always some, you know, back and forth stuff. But I send you light and love, like always. Thank you for listening. You know me. I talk trash and I, State the facts and tell the truth. If you want to deal with it, fine. If you don't. Buenos dias, everyone. Welcome as my Mexico. Um, Wanted to say hello to everyone and just noted some things of change. As you can see, a new surrounding, new area. I'm in, you know, just to share. That's Lola, beautiful dog. That's me, very colorful. This is what I like. Like, look at the pink house over there and the turquoise house. And what I've been finding that uh, the little... Here is that some of the homes in the front of the homes are turned into stores or, or uh, you know, where they sell uh, candy and soda and water, bottles of waters and cakes and goodies and stuff like that. And then they have the store called OXO. Oh, um, OXO. Um, and then they have a store called Six, which I found out I was asking. Six is for more of uh, beer um, items. I was told. So it's kind of interesting to find and walk through uh, the town. Um, they do have a Walmart, not my favorite uh, store. Uh, they had a Chajori, which is like um, a upper class uh, store that also includes furniture like our Target. It would be uh, they have that and they have a lot of imports as well. Imports uh, uh, brands that are coming in to Jari. Um, and then they have a super 
for I here in which is really, really nice. Have local brands and they even have like little stuff that you would find like maybe at the 99 cent store or the Dollar Tree store. So there's different things that um, you can get here and it's all the community part of a community in helping and see what I can bring to the table. Because sometimes we, um, I say, we'll say expats go to a country and they rape it, they rob it and don't bring any beauty to it and to detract from the beauty from it. And then because of the need of money, um, because they see the money, they'll coming a certain way. They'll try to put of the people's pockets. Like I said, I'm I'm a community person, so um, I know and in spiritual connections. Um, I've been on my journey for quite a long time. Slow, slow, slow. Okay, sorry about that. I, yeah. I, again, sorry about that. I'm going to stay in one spot and hopefully that signal stays. <laughs> um, as I was saying, I want to bring something to my community. So I am um, doing some cooking and doing things for people that are on different, uh, I call it diet lifestyle changes, um, being experienced in that of a child that had medical issues and was constantly on a different diet. I made it my goal to know different diets. Um, I myself going all the way to raw vegan, um, being raw vegan for about three years and being vegan for about 25 years. I learned a different, um, different ways to make things taste like you feel sometimes you want to eat meat that you don't go back to it as you're going through this. And, and I'm going to say this, vegan is not for everybody. Um, it's nice if you can. Some people's body adapt well. Some people's body does not adapt well. And there's a lot of controversial uh, being that if you are vegan, then you're more spiritual. That's hogwash. Um there are a lot of people that are not vegan, that are spiritual. Now, the close connection that you can get whole food, clean food, that's a different story. Non-preservative, non-additives, and fake sugars, that's a different story. Um, some people's body craves sugar, and we had talked about the reason that people's body craves sugar is because of the molecules in the sugar, number one, as I told you, is one molecule from um, cocaine, crack cocaine, and that is an addictive uh, substance that they use. So they make the sugar uh, addictive for you to keep coming back more, just like those Lay's potato chips. You can't eat one, you got to eat a lot. So then you remember they put that uh, olestra oil in, and it gave a lot, it's a good oil, but it made a lot of people have diarrhea. Um, um, so that you don't see that on the market. So be careful about the products you 
partake in and read every ingredient. Even when you go to the store, if you think an ingredient is going to be the same, it might not. So I'm reading ingredients and it takes me a little bit longer going shopping uh, than the average person because I want to make sure that everything I can pronounce everything I know sometimes afternoon they don't uh or freeze. There's different forms that uh, commercials use to keep products longer, but also they don't put chemicals on the food to keep them to preserve the meat that is. Um and plus they don't pump their animals with a lot of antibiotics um in most countries like the US does. Not that I'm being yeah, I guess I am being kind of hard on the U.S. I think because people look at them in leaders, they need to do better in their food and their people. Um, people go to other countries and they feel bad about uh, the poor there and the poor here. But you're right there in the U.S. And how come you don't feel bad for the poor there? How come there's not something um, we're not doing there to help the poor get educated and get out of their situations? There's so much stuff that we could do, but we choose not to do. Sometimes we actually have our head in the, like an ostrich, and we don't take up that mallet because we're scared what others might think or others might say. But wouldn't it be better for your economy? Wouldn't it be better for your neighborhood to see people working? I'm sorry, somebody's selling something, so you're going to hear this. <laughs> selling gas, gas cans, which I think is nice. Um, on the street, they sell bread and they ride around with their horns and ice cream. I'm, I'm so used to it. It's no problem. So, you know, you never know who has what and they're selling stuff. So getting back to our, our poor there, um, not having jobs or the way that we uh, work as Americans, we go in from eight and sometimes we might stay to eight to make money and the wages that they get is not enough to feed someone. Um, there was an example of a woman working for Amazon, living in her car, okay? Living in her car to actually feed herself and take care of herself. Um, she would go into work, come back out, go to the gym, get washed up and come back in and to work. What kind of life is that? Not life, but that's one thing. But let's me talk about uh, some of the things that are important to me. I've noticed, um, you notice that I have jewelry on my face and other things. Um, I do that spiritually because I'm spiritually guided. Um, but then I started noticing some other people mimicking 
what I do. And I want to say thank you and for following along. And I hope that it serves you well when you get downloads or whatever you're seeking. Um, and then let's talk about some of the things that people want and learning what people want is a very interesting uh, concept, meaning um, we want to be spiritually connected so fast that we forget how to connect. We want to be there so fast, but ask people, what did it take for you to get really connected? What was the guideline? What were the steps? What troubles did it you go through? Sometimes we get to see all, all the glory and the beautifulness, but don't see the downslides of the ugliness that they struggle through, the sludge they have to work through to get where they are each and every day that they are there. And we think it's easy and it's not easy for some and some of it was. Some of it's discovery, some of it is um, being connected to the right person. Some people, you know, good people don't get the recognition and there's a lot of people, like we say, singers, stars, entertainers that don't get the recognition out there that they deserve. They don't get to get the connection um, of being famous. For me, famous is not important. Getting the message across is important, but also getting paid my fair wages is very important and respecting that. Um you know, respect someone and their gifts and pay them accordingly. Uh, that is very important. Uh, if you want someone you like, see if you can train under them, uh, but be prepared to do the work and understand where they come from. For me, a lot of my stuff or gifts I was born with, just didn't realize it was born with and were in tune to me that were like a second skin. Um, so when a person that is not born with a gift, um, but we're all born with gifts, it's just something tweaks in, into us and makes us, you know, take a look at where we're coming from in ourselves. So I was, I'll say, people say I was born with the gift of sight or touch or heal. So in order to be part of society, I seeked out what it is I was good at. They were like, you know what? Such so like good hands, come and rub my back or come rub my feet or you know, my back ache, my arm ache. And I would go and put my hands on people, do massages or you know, rub their back and their back would get better. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I'm like eight or nine years old. So what does an eight or nine year old knows about um, healing. So at nine, I got a book called uh, Back to Eden by Jethro Claus. And I read this book at nine, uh, The Life of Mahatma Gandhi. And I wanted to make ghee and I wanted to be spiritual. And I come from a household of reading a lot of books. And at the time when I was a kid, encyclopedias were the big thing. Um, 
there was this store, what was called Pathmark. Pathmark, I think it was called Pathmark. And you you had to go every week and get the encyclopedias. You get one A, A to C and C to D or and E to F and G each time. So you had to go every week and you had to buy something in order to get these encyclopedias. And my mother would go and get these encyclopedias. So of course, you know, we had a whole section of encyclopedias. And that's how I read. I began to read about the different parts of the world, what they do, how they do it. And it helped a lot because it helped me stay in and tuned with myself that I didn't know. And with the reading of Jethro Claus, I was a librarian. I was what people might have called a nerd. Um, I read every book I, I, I liked about 19... 1969 about a guy doing experiment with plants and how he talked to the plants and was nice to the plants and their reactions and their responses. Um, that was like, wow to me. Then I came across another book of just making different uh, solves and pulps uh, for healing. So that became interesting to me because Dr. Claus talked about different herbs and he talked about making different tinctures. So for me that at that young age, it was like, wow. So I learned to work with those herbs for different things. Now the, the names of those diseases or those inflammation of mucus that was attacked by a different organ because my belief that all diseases are just an inflammation of mucus that is attacked and gotten hard of some kind of some play, you know, some mind, I'll say. Reading that book opened my mind to the herbs and what they could do. But the plants is what I love. The things that we grow or we take for granted, like thyme and oregano and basil and garlic and onions, these different things had a multitude of different, I want to say medicinal purposes, but also spiritual purposes. These different herbs you can take a bath with and do different healing, like lemongrass. I love lemongrass to take a lemongrass bath. And it keeps the mosquitoes away, keeps those different bugs. Um, Strichinella. Um, in... African countries, not only do they use it for bugs, but they use it for to drink. So for me, discovering these different things, that things that we Americans just think are just something seasoning. Um, how about one using one seasoning to see the flavor? Um, I got that from a friend of mine that was from Pakistan and is they in a, no, Bangladesh, sorry, Bangladesh. He used cumin and he would make this cumin rice, basmati rice. And it enhanced the rice, but the way he cooked it, but he cooked it with lamb, never had lamb before. Um, I'm open to try new things, um, drink new things. As you guys know, I told you about camel's milk and the, the medical information they say that it has and it's done for a while. I actually like camel's milk. It's really good 
for a company right now, you know. So if I'm sponsoring something, I'm going to say this is sponsored by blah, blah, blah. But nobody's telling me. But the real camel's milk has a lot of purposes in the reason why they drink it in the desert, in hot countries, not only for you, um, the antibodies, but it strengthens, like I said, I can't say it enough, your immune system. Um, almost, I know I'm going to say something where you guys might freak you out. There is a, a tribe that was um, in the, the other part of North America, I will say, um, they used to drink urine. And you say yucky, but that is a form of treatment. Even in India, they still do that. They drink urine. But the way to go about it, what they do to heal the body, to reverse the effect that the body is hurt or injured by drinking these uh, different things, they help. That's just one or, you know, treatment, uh, urine treatment. So you can look it up for yourself. So don't believe everything I say. If you don't believe what I say, look it up and get information. Um, so you'll be well aware that you're not just thinking I'm making, pulling this out of my hat. There is things for high blood pressure um, that I, I love that works naturally. Just drinking teas, um, making baths. Um, like you can actually open yourself spiritually by taking different baths um, to remove uh, something as simple as adding salt to a bath water, remove some residue of negative energy from you. Now, how you prepare them is a different story. If you want to know more, you know, want to do a consultation, inbox me, talk to me, let me know. I'll be more than happy. Now, my journey here is I love to cook. It's a thing that I'm a classically trained chef at the Culinary Institute of America from High Park, New York. I'm a raw vegan chef certified by Alyssa Cohan, one, two, and three, where I have instructions and can teach people to be a raw vegan chef themselves. Um, I am been a vegan chef. People uh, working for cancer, I have done that. Uh, with Dr. Thomas Lodi in Mesa, Arizona, and working with clients and writing programs. Um, he helped me write programs uh, with, for people with cancer and the protocol that helped me write uh, protocols and uh, programs for people that have diabetes, high blood pressure, and other things. So he was a great teacher to help me uh, take my gifts and take it to another level of working with all these people with different diets. And that came because I had a eldest, my eldest child, eldest daughter was um, born healthy, but at the age of three was given medication that shut down her kidney. Um, no one believed me until I took her to a doctor that her creatinine was not right, which until that I told the doctor that kidneys was not, her kidneys was not right. And slew, I was right because of the di medical diagnosis of the body. And how I diagnosed the body was by looking at the face. Your face, your hand, your ears, your feet are all a part of your body. And they are a map to what is wrong with your body, believe it or not. And it, and it has telltale signs. So I was able to do that. And because of that, um, I... She was diagnosed. They gave her treatment, and I trusted them at the time, being young, uh, which it shouldn't have. 
but I did. And her kidney got worse and worse and worse on the treatment they gave her. Um, so by the time she was 12, I had implemented a program for her. Um, by then, they had her on dialysis, uh, which I did not like, and I wanted to keep that off. And then they had her on uh, all kinds of stupid stuff that really, for me, did not help her. Um, everything is not for everybody. Um, so I worked diligently to... to work with a good pediatric nephrologist that worked with me with the through of herbs. And he was so wonderful that even when I went to the Culinary Institute, I drove her all the way from New York to see him at Children's Hospital. Uh, Dr. Weiss was so amazing. He helped um, me get some of the things that I needed, um, treatments, as well as the things that I was doing for her to, to stand behind me as I was doing these treatments uh, because they were unorthodox. So I had a great um, nephrology pediatric uh, social workers I was not friends with um, and caused a lot of stir. But in the end, um, when my daughter turned 16, he went back to actually doing research for the kidney in the research lab to get a better cause how to reverse some of the things and I got a letter of uh, thank you for that why um, he went back in but if I needed him wherever I and myself explaining my unorthodox treatment and basically all the medicine they kind of had my daughter on she was off she was off those medications um even up to 23 where the only thing she was receiving was hemodialysis and a diet has a lot to play with it the food the additives the preservatives but also the different things that are getting i am not a one of medication but when i say my daughter was on at least 22 different diets my daughter had over 150 surgeries. Um, I know what I'm talking about. So my love is for children and children with uh, special needs, medical needs are my heart. Um, other people that are for my heart is the infertility. That is my goal to work with women that want to come in for infertility issues and men that want to have and usher in these beautiful beings that are coming now to the planet that need these instructions for healing. That is my ultimate goal to have a resource where we have an all one all stop shop for healing, for infertility difficulties. Because if you want to have children, I believe you can. Um, um, and you can seek it, but what do you want to do that? How do you want to go about it? If you're going to think it's going to be easy, it's like a one-shot pop, and you, it's like instant coffee. It's not. It's a lot of work, and it's up to you to do the work. Get to know your body. Get to know the person that you work with. Get to know that they're on the same goal. Um, shop around, even for your medical. Oh, 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 sorry. Find the right person that you feel comfortable with. Um, that's the one thing I liked here.
I went to the dentist and I explained um, what I believe in, what I don't, what I accept, what I won't accept. And the dentist was wonderful. Um, now, when I went in the States, it was a battle. Um, not only was the price tag a battle, but me getting something simple as my teeth cleaned was a battle. So I hadn't gotten my teeth cleaned in quite some time, but I had made my own concoction of toothpaste and uh, things like that. And it's okay. It paid off in the end. I got here and got my teeth clean and my teeth, good shape, good structure. I, have, I don't have any uh, bone loss. Uh, so my bone density for my teeth is real good. And that being uh, with someone that was diagnosed with uh, rheumatoid arthritis, they tell you about your bone density, getting that done and other things like I have a form of lupus, but my lupus uh, born in arthritis. So uh, you see some stiffness and for you guys, um, I came out of wheelchair. I, I walk now, a diet, trusting my intuition when something tells me it's not right, trusting in myself and honoring that because sometimes uh, I would feel that I didn't know much because I didn't have that medical degree. Um, I've studied, yes, I am a med physician. I am a doctor, but that is a metaphysical science of medicine of, of mine. So I, I do a lot of research on that, getting connected and understanding. Um, yes, I'm a trained doula, so I did parent skill classes. So I have a lot of things, as you see, more geared for children, but also to be a chef, uh, a trained chef, uh, certified things with herbs that I want to offer to my clients that they can get the healing and the goal is eventually to open up a school, have a clinic and they get all of this and they learn from farming in the food, the right food combinations to eat that can help restore the different cells that have been damaged, the different organs that are damaged, to remove some of the mucus that is on the organs that caused this damage. Um, I used to do, and I'm saying I used to, I used to do it fall, spring, or the different seasons. But living in um, different parts, some of the things I forgot to do. So, you know, I do a gallbladder cleanse, I do a liver cleanse, I do a kidney cleanse. Um, I do an overall cleanse. Sometimes I do the master cleanse. So there are different cleanses for different parts of the body that I myself do and have done. No different herbs. Um, basically need an evacuation. I like, um, I'll get colonic stuff. Um, and there's a proper way to do colonics that we don't talk about to prepare your body before it gets a colonics to prepare your body as you're going through the colonics the food the, the, the liquid all the things that you need to do these are things that we forget our body needs and a colonics for anybody who doesn't know is a 
two they insert anally and it's with warm water or sometimes it even have herbs in it and is inserted and it pulls off a lot of the fecal matter. Sometimes when I literally say people are, now I'm going to curse now, be prepared for this. I say people are full of shit. I mean, not that they're full, um, they're upper and lower. Um, it's crust on. So um, there another way, if you can't get a colonics, it's taught by Jethro Kloss. Um, I even was even taught how to make soy mayonnaise, um, how to make scrambled egg, not eat, um, because it has GMOs. I haven't found uh, tofu, um, but it takes from the body and it messes placed in the food. It mess, messes with the hormones of teenagers growing up. They're more hormonal. They might... Uh, voice change, the body go, goes rapid. I mean, these are a lot of things that I've seen going on. It's selling tamales. Sorry. <laughs> you get to hear everything that's going on. So um, with that, you know, our body needs nourishment, we need to cleanse, we need to restore, and we need to keep vitalizing it. It needs to have life. There's different herbs that you hear, like ashwanda. Ashwanda is very good. Uh, dandelion root, that's another good root. You know, look up these herbs if you have a question. Now, let me say, I am not a medical doctor. I have a PhD, as I said, in metaphysical. These are some things I know. These are my opinions. I've done the research. You don't have to take my word. You find out for yourself and do the research and work with a um, a naturopath, um, an internal doctor. My internal doctor was the bomb. He was on target. Uh, when I told him I was going to be able to walk that I was not going to use my metal crutches anymore and I was not going to keep needing this. And then when we found out it was just a little metal metal mesh that had been stuck in my stomach since 2007. Um, for my surgery, um, um, you guys don't know. Um, I was in a car accident. My, my car went over the side of the bridge and broke my. So um, with that, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say goodbye. I guess the saying is buffering enough, so I hope you will follow me. I have two page, uh, Dr. D Med Physician on Instagram. I have another page is Veggies Become U V E G G I E S B E C O M E U at Instagram. And also, I have a WhatsApp. So if you have a question, you could talk to me. On there, shoot me a question, look me up. I am there. It's Food Alchemy Network. You will find me on WhatsApp.
Um, and that number is 480-253-9400-7. And that is a USA number that you can please feel free to contact me, inbox me, and we can talk about it. So I wish everybody a wonderful journey and I hope to see you soon. Out. Blissfulness be upon you and all that surrounds you. You are listening to Food Alchemy Network. I am the CEO of Food Alchemy Network. We have a variety of shows from cooking to aligning to angelic readings to intuitive spiritual growth and development. Also for learning to breathe, learning to meditate. We are here to help you reach reality. The exterior go into the interior of self-alliance and abundance. I want to thank you for staying tuned with Food Alchemy Network. If you would like to contact us, you can do so by calling 480-253-9407. That number again is 480-253-9407. That is the number you can dial. Email is dr period c-e-s-i-l-y-d-e-a-n-g-e-l-o at gmail.com that's dr period cicely d'angelo at gmail.com for any response for our guest or host leave a message or send us an email thank you Blessings be upon you.